0: Welcome to episode number 227 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Ryan, Trey, and Adam here with you this evening, and we're going to preview week 16 in the CFL. We'll take a look at the major matchup storylines, make our betting picks for each of the games, and then in a bit of a format shift, we will be doing the uh, our fantasy picks uh, for all different positions at the end of the show. This time, going to try something out here late in the season. We'll see how that goes, uh, but full week 16 preview, uh, the regular crew back here again. Mike's still away this week, but rumor has it Mike might make a return uh, again in the very near future. Uh, we are also live on a variety of different platforms, thanks to our presenting sponsor Game Time TV. You can learn more at GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash tvmb. And we'll take your comments, we'll take your questions in our live chat throughout the night. I see a couple of comments in there already. Uh, one thanking me for suggesting uh, Vernon Adams as a captain in fantasy last week. You're welcome uh, for that one. And yeah, before we go any further, let's bring the rest of the panel in here first. Uh, let's go to Adam. First, Adam. Great episode last week. Lots of fun with special guest, Coach Phil. Uh, how are you doing this week?
1: Well, I'm just trying to figure out how we're going to try to top that, but that episode—I mean, that was uh, that was quite the episode we had there with Coach Phil. So if you haven't heard it yet, make sure you go and check it out. Uh, I'm doing good though. I uh, finished harvest here the other day, so that's mm-hmm. all good. So lucky like in that, and uh, yeah, been actually a pretty fun week. Got one of the riders away uh, away jersey this week because well, hey, they're away. Why wouldn't you wear a white jersey?
0: Yes, it's a, it's only logical there. And uh, well, how do we top last week's episode? We bring this band back uh, onto the mics. Uh, the great Trey Colbeck is here. Trey, how you doing?
2: Fantastic, boys. Five and zero in fantasy this past weekend. Two CFL leagues, three NFL. I'm Coach Prime in fantasy, boys. That's why I came. I'm ready to go, Colorado. What's cool. I wasn't feeling Dion, but I just—he's too inspirational, and now I'm getting my inner Dion out for the rest of the year, boys. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So,
1: so quickly, Trey, what's the uh, betting odds right now for Colorado to win the national?
2: Oh, that's a good question. They—I bet they have really bad odds, like not good odds, like because so many people are betting on them. But uh, that's a good question. You know what? We'll continue, and I'll bring that up when we uh, get
0: going. All right, sounds good. Before we go any further, we also want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oja Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Dakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation uh while trey's still looking that up i'll mention as well uh we've got our discord community uh if you're not a member there go check that out link in the episode description we've got live game uh threads we've got cfl fantasy talk betting talk lots of nfl talk with the nfl season kickoff i know we've been having fun with that so far this season so uh you want extra content or you want a chance to chat with us and other listeners Go check out the Discord community. Lots of fun over there. Uh, do you have the answer to uh, Adam's question here, Trey?
2: Yeah, they're at 9500 So $1 would equal $95. Um, they are the 16th okay, okay. best ranked. They have the 16th best odds out of who's available. And saying that there's, what, 200 teams in college football in the States? Being top 16 is not bad. Uh, The Dion effect. But they have a tough schedule. They have a big game this week against Oregon. That's going to be an interesting one.
1: I'm sure this must be the highest the Colorado has ever been in the national rankings.
2: Probably. And wasn't their game this past weekend like top five all-time college games in viewership and it wasn't even a playoff game or a bowl game or anything? So it's unreal.
1: (laughs) So where's Dion coaching next year is the big question.
0: Well, which CFL three, team? Which time. CFL team? Let's bring <laughs> us back to the CFL. Which CFL team uh, could uh, could potentially use a new coach? Maybe we'll find out based on the results of some of the games this week, and that's the perfect transition into our first game of the week, which is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders visiting the Ottawa Red Blacks Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, what are the major storylines we're looking at in this game? Well, I think we got to look at this game as a playoff game,
1: essentially for both of these teams. Saskatchewan's now had a two-game losing skid. They lost a bad one against the Edmonton Elks the other day. Uh, the Ottawa Redblacks, I mean, probably one of the worst loss. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, slides uh, out of a loss? I guess I would say uh, the other day against the uh, BC Lions. Uh, both teams are struggling a little bit here. Uh, I, first things first, I guess this game's in Ottawa. Uh, who do you guys? I mean, we get into the uh, betting later on, but uh, seeing both of these teams and strengths and weaknesses, which team do you think really has the advantage here, uh, Ryan?
0: Well, I, I see it two different ways. I mean, Ottawa is one of those teams, if you look especially defensively, it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde, right? Like, it's tough to run against them. And I know Jamal Morrow is out with injuries, so you're going to have either Hickson or Bertrand on uh, as your starting running back there. It's going to be a tough game for them. On the other end, Ottawa's pass defense, I don't even know if they have one. Like, it, it's non-existent. That's how bad it's been so far this year right so it, it's kind of makes the matchup the most interesting thing to watch here for me is probably the play of jake Dolagala because again he hasn't performed the greatest yardage wise like he hasn't really you know moved the ball downfield consistently but if he gets good field position or moves it a little bit he's been able to find the end zone a couple of times a game so this is prime opportunity to start hitting the, that yardage, getting that 300-yard passing game that I, I want to see from him to develop further as a quarterback. Uh, Trey, uh, what do you think? What's the major story in this game?
2: No, I agree with everything you guys are saying. It's, it's playoff time because these teams are battling for that crossover spot, You know, pretty much the third place in the East, I guess, right now in a sense because calgary you know is there as well ham you never know what hamilton's gonna do i kind of want to see what ottawa's side does you know you're talking about dola gala i want to see how Crum can take um hold of this team and how he can push forward because you know ottawa looked good for you know when we look back from what that overtime win against winnipeg they look good for a little bit but they're streaky right they have a good game bad game good game bad game bad game kind of thing and you know this is the time of the year they need to start stringing some good games together right and you know, that first week in the East playoffs might be interesting because right now it's the 6-7 team versus 6-7 team, right? It's not exactly like the West where you're either going into BC or Winnipeg first week, right? So these games are important.
1: Yeah, and if you look at this one, actually, what I'm interested to see is how uh, the Rough Riders do with another mobile quarterback. You were mentioning Crum. He's a guy that can move the ball around maybe again. He's a little bit different than Trey Ford maybe. But uh, he doesn't move plays and extends plays a little bit with his feet. So Riders have been proven to be a little bit weak against that. Uh, so it be interesting to see on that part. The other part also that doesn't really help the Rough Riders is the injury front once again rears its ugly head. Anthony Lanier is listed as out for this game, which is big for the Rough Riders. He's been a big part of that front line, trying to hold, the, hold them into position. Uh, you look at Pete Robertson. He's possibly, uh, well, I guess he's questionable at the moment. Uh, with a, uh, I think it's a back injury, if I'm not mistaken, of some sort. Uh, so the Rough Riders are definitely going to be lacking a little bit, in, maybe in that run protect uh, from the quarterback, or also Ottawa's now proven that they can also throw Deontay Williams out and get him moving around in the backfield as well to really mess with the Rough Riders a little bit. Uh, over on the secondary side of things, uh, the Rough Riders have had some very questionable uh misses, I guess, in the secondary. Uh, I think one guy to watch is probably Nick Marshall. Uh, He has missed a few big uh, plays against, or has had a few big plays against him all season. I mean, that's traditional with him. But uh, he's pairing up this weekend weekend against uh, Shaq Evans. We always said that there's no such thing as uh, talking about a player that you used to play against or who cares, it's another guy. You don't think Shaq Evans maybe wants to have a bigger game here t- this weekend?
2: See, I was I, I couldn't type fast enough last week. I disagreed with Coach Phil when he said that. I think players do think about it. They won't say they think about it, but they do think about it, right? And I think uh, some more of the over-the-top personality guys will definitely think about it. And it isn't that kind of describe the guy we're talking about right now, right? So he thinks about it. I, should, yeah. I have a question. If, or, or Ryan, you go first, and then I have a question for Adam specifically. No, I was, I was just
0: going to agree with you on that one, that if there is the case of bulletin board material, like, yeah, it is going to be against former teams. I don't think it's as much like the, the case we talked about last week was like, oh, we're probably going to play this team in the Grey Cup. This is a Great Cup preview. But, yeah, if you've been slighted by your former team, I think, I think there's a bit of an extra edge there potentially.
2: Yeah, my question, Adam <sighs> – I don't want to word this right. How, what, how, what, what's the temperature in Saskatchewan and Regina with this team? Cause like, I, I wow well, how bad would it be if they do miss the playoffs?
1: You know, I would think that it would almost cost Dickie his job still. Right. I, I still think that because that loss last weekend really disappointed some Ryder fans, especially against Edmonton. They had that game one, essentially they thought they did. Uh, I know the, that that Gala has really been praised quite a bit in Saskatchewan right lately. Uh, he seems to really be well settling in in Saskatchewan. Uh, that being said, I know that there was some, a little bit of questions about the uh, front play uh, of the front four uh, in the defense. There was actually some questions on that, which, again, hasn't come up all year. Uh, the other thing also that's gone away a little bit and I haven't heard of as much is the uh, Rough Riders and the offensive line play. I mean, there's been injuries, and I think maybe Rider Nation understands that which is weird that Friday nation actually gets it that that usually isn't common either. But, um, I think, I think they're not as worried about the offensive line anymore. It seems like, uh, it seems like that defensive secondary was, or the secondary was a little bit of an issue. The, uh, pretty much the, the linebacking core was okay. I know that they're really happy with Jackson Ford right now and how he's developing. Uh, and then, like I said, the, uh, the run game has been a little bit concerned all year because Moro hasn't really lit it up, which brings me to that next point here. Uh, thoughts on Frankie Hickson in this game? It's going to be his first kind of feature back start, I guess, for the season, I would think. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on Frankie Hickson walking in, he, into this game here? I mean, Ryan, you've said it before. They do have a little bit of a run game, uh, run defense, Ottawa.
0: Yeah, I like to think that Jamal Morrow uh, is injury this week. No, okay, he's actually injured, but I kind of like to think he just looked and saw that he has to play the Red Blacks run defense and decide to call him sick for the week um, because they shut everybody down. But, you know, Frankie Hickson hasn't really gotten a shot so far uh, this year. I know we were high on what he did last year when he got an opportunity. In fact, Adam, didn't you put him in your top five running backs in the CFL preseason? I think you did. You also put Greg McRae in there, who's on the practice roster. So uh, you know, let's let's put that into it. Um, but uh, you know, he looked good last year. So if he gets a shot, let's see what he can do uh, this time around. Uh, there,
1: I just need to look at my fantasy positioning. Do you really take me serious on the top five list,
2: <laughs> Trey? I wonder. I wonder if the fresh legs will help. You know, he hasn't really played that much, right? And we see in running back positions, that's kind of valuable uh, a lot where guys don't need to necessarily take a lot of takes. It's it's not like catching the football. I mean, you need practice and repetition, but it's not like catching the football and throwing the football where you need to do it 100 times. You just open the breadbasket, right, and run straight forward, and I think the fresh legs will definitely help. And uh, I mean, it's been warm here lately, but it's going to get cold soon, I'm sure, and you need uh, as many running backs as you can, right?
0: What I really want to know in this game more so on the other side of the ball when we talk about the run game is how are the riders going to stop the run game? Because they have not in the last two weeks, right? They've given up over 300 rushing yards. uh, I think like 325 or something like that in the last two games. Uh, And now they're facing Devontae Williams. Now they're facing Dustin Crum. You also have all those guys out due to injury that you were talking about earlier. Uh, kind of final question here before we move on to our picks for this game for you, Adam, is how do you, do you think, is that a concern for you from the riders side that uh, the rushing ability of Crum and Williams this game?
1: Yeah, I've been a concern, I think for a lot of guys in the last little bit. I mean, you watch Brady Oliveira just run right over top of the Rough Riders for two games, essentially. Uh, before that, uh, they did have a good game at Edson. Mizell I guess they did they did stop him from running all over but that was the last one ever since they've had Oliveira they've had uh uh you've seen uh, uh Kevin Brown run right over the Rough Riders last week to get going uh Trey Ford was running around the Riders and it's been a concern and I don't know what you do exactly here I mean they do have the right pieces in there with the injuries this week that doesn't help anything I mean Big Micah Johnson up the middle does help quite a bit for for things. But, I mean, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem to work right now. Yeah, the only thing you can really maybe do is bring your linebackers up, maybe stop or pinch down on the run. But that being said, Ottawa does have enough running or, uh, receiving pieces to possibly burn you then that way. So, uh, I don't know. I'd, right now, there's not a good solution in Ryderville for that. That's right.
2: No, I agree with you. We're going on the bets now. We're going on the bets, boys.
1: Yeah, let's going to the betting here now.
2: Perfect. Yeah, um, Ottawa's the home the home dog at uh, plus one and a half with the over under being forty five. A, a nifty stat that I like. I like looking at nifty stats like this. Ottawa is zero six against the East Division, which by my math would make them three and four against the West Division. So I am going to say that Ottawa is going to win this one. I'm going to take the one and a half because they're at home. This is just as much of a must-win game. This is one of those games I'm not going to be upset if I lose because I think Saskatchewan could very well win this game, but I'm going to go on a hunch and take Ottawa, Ryan.
0: Yeah, this one's tough for me to pick because Ottawa is trending into that Edmonton category of like just continually finding a new dumb way to lose a game. The the Edmonton at the start of the year category, and this might be the best 3-10 and football team in the past decade uh, because they've been good, they just can't seal the deal. I could see a case where the Riders win this one as well, but I think I'm going to go Ottawa just because of all of those injuries on Saskatchewan's side make me nervous uh, in this game for them. So I think I'm going to take Ottawa. um, And I think I'm going to take the over because this is, Jake Dolgallo has been throwing touchdown passes and I expect a couple again this week. And I think the uh, the Red-Black's offense will put some points up too.
2: Yeah. Well, I agree. I forgot to say I
1: take the over. So Adam, what do you got? Well, I've got the so because, yeah, Dolagala does seem to be able to generate some points. Uh, one team needs to win, and one team has to win. Uh, there is a difference in there because the Riders right now should need to win a game. they got to keep up with uh, – try to put the foot on the throat of the Edmonton Elks and get them out of here. Uh, They've got to keep up with the uh, Calgary Stampeders uh, to make sure that they don't give them any life as well. And – Ottawa, though, on the other hand, if they lose this game, I don't know. They're essentially they're almost eliminated because you're you don't you aren't going to catch Hamilton. Hamilton has a tiebreaker. Essentially, Ottawa almost has to win every game now. From it's not any more choice for Ottawa. Uh, I'm going to go with the Riders just because I really think that Doigala is maybe going to turn a page here. Uh, I just don't like that run our pass defense of the Ottawa Redblacks. And this is setting up perfectly for the Riders. But I'm very scared about that defensive uh, uh, front for the Riders, giving up a lot of run. But I'll say runs are worse than giving up a bunch of big, deep passes. So I'll go with the Riders.
0: I like how Adam had this long ramble, but we all knew all along he was taking the Riders. Yeah. I, had, yeah, I, had I was
1: to. really thinking about it. Honestly, I was. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to our next game here, which is the BC Lions facing the Edmonton Elks. This one is uh, Friday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, What is the story here? All I need to do is
1: one thing. Hey, Ryan, do you want to go and tell us the stat there for uh, the latest uh, points, four points against, uh, for the BC Lions against the Edmonton Elks?
0: This is my favorite game to talk about here because... Uh, I don't tweet much, but one of my go-to topics to tweet is just continually update the running total of the beatdown the Lions have given to the Elks uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, it, let's see. Uh, coming into this year, uh, you know what? I'll skip that one. I'll go straight to, the, I guess, the overall number. Their last six games, the Lions have outscored the Elks uh, 228-53, to including two games this year where the Elks scored zero points. They have not scored a single point against the BC Lions in two matchups yet this season. So that's my question for both of you to start this off. As Edmonton has looked vastly improved in recent weeks, can they score at least a single? Trey? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think so. Adam? They're going to score a point. I mean, they didn't have Trey Ford in the last two games either. Uh, You know what? they got to be – they're a lot better team than they were uh, going into the start of this season. I still have yet to figure out what Chris Jones was thinking by not playing uh, Trey Ford earlier in the season or by not running Kevin Brown for the beginning of the season. Oh, wait, that was probably just uh, Stephen McAdoo. Uh, You know what? This is a different Elks team. This isn't the team that was playing them before. Uh, no, Elks will get at least one point. Uh, that being said, on this, you know what I've heard of is uh, the all about the running backs this week in the CFL. First of all, it was, what is the best, who's the best CFL running back? Next, it was about uh, one of the NFL teams saying, oh, well, they'll just come in and take Winnipeg's uh, running back. I was like,
2: what? I didn't yeah, even actually, know they knew who Winnipeg was. That, was. that was an yeah. That was just a. I'd rather take that guy over Bell.
1: That was the Chris Trevler effect. He actually made Winnipeg famous in the NFL. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyways, you know, I just want to bring it out there. Is this almost like the golden age of running backs in the CFL right now? I mean, it seems like every team has a really good running back, and uh, unless I'm not thinking of this right, like BC is probably like. Maybe the weakest with Mizell. Other than that, every team has a pretty decent, or a, like a younger, very decent-looking running back. Thoughts on that?
0: But and even with Mizell, like coming into the year, that was our big concern. Was BC didn't sign a running back and they were bringing somebody new in. And I'd say he's performed pretty well. Like he hasn't he hasn't lit it up week after week, but he's been solid there. I don't know. It seems like the running backs are solid. Maybe it's just that for the most part, the running backs have been healthy, right? Like all the talk about, uh, about the lack of quarterback depth is because we're on our third and fourth string quarterbacks, but you know, Kadim Carey missed quite a bit of time there. Um, other than that, uh, like who has really missed much time at the running back position, maybe a game here, a game there for most teams, but it's been, it's been pretty consistent, which is, the exact opposite of what we've seen two weeks into the NFL season. Drake. I have a
2: tough time with the term golden age because I don't think it's the best time ever mm. with running backs, but I think it's a good time because you have to remember, like, back back when running backs actually mattered in football, I think that was the golden age, right? Back when they actually mattered a lot when you had Cornish and, and – uh, Charles Roberts and 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 guys of that nature, right? Like, but no, I guess so health wise and I think performance wise, and I wonder too if it plays in with the they're not overly used in other leagues. So that's actually a position where maybe we get some talent up here. You know what I mean? Like we we're joking about the NFL because pretty much the running back in the NFL is just a five nine receiver or he blocks, right? Other than unless the other than a couple other guys, right? So yeah, maybe that's what we're getting. We're getting those guys who actually want to run the ball up here a little bit more, but
0: not to mention in this league, for the most part, it's you have your starter running back. The backup might take a couple of snaps, whereas the NFL is much more of a a split, right? Which we've talked about here before on the show. So that's how you kind of seems like we get more of these stud guys, I would say.
1: Yeah. And I look at it here. I think, uh, You know, over the last long time, the CFL has always been a pass-first league because of the three downs, but it does seem to have changed a little bit lately. I mean, you know, back in the day, we always used to have that one guy that always was, like, just amazing, right? Uh, Whether it was uh, uh, pinball back in the day or if it was uh, – I'm just trying to think of the guy in Edmonton that was always running it up there, Gizmo Williams. Uh, You always had one of those guys who could just run the football, or Corey Sheets back in the day for the Rough Riders, Uh, There was always, and John Cornish would be another one, but there was always just that one guy and the one team that always was a great running back. And then the rest were like, "Mm, they're okay. Now it just seems like there is a lot more, uh, I guess maybe teams are just using them a little bit more or something like that, uh, that the teams now have a lot better of a run game planned or they're utilizing it more. I'm not sure what the story is, but definitely I can tell you more running backs now in the CFL, in the modern day than I could tell you probably from the past uh, from most teams, right? Uh, I mean, you've always had some good ones, but there was this, now it seems like there's a lot more standing out Uh, over for this game. Also for BC uh, one thing that's really been kind of surprising. It started off like a uh, house on fire. Uh, The defensive line of the BC lions, it has gone away in the last little bit. I don't see them getting the pressure like they used to. If somebody finds Matthew Betts, they should really give him a ride back to B.C. uh, because I haven't heard of him for a very long time now in B.C. Uh, Thoughts on the defensive uh, line, and will that affect him here against Kevin Brown and the uh, Trey Ford and the uh, Edmonton Elks?
0: Remember when uh, Matthew Betts was in consideration for MOP uh possibly this year early in the season there was talk of that yeah I don't think that's happening anymore His quarterback should be in con- in consideration in VA I would say but yeah the defense for for BC uh, you know they had a bit of a dry spell there they've been giving up more points you know 30 plus points in three of their last four and four of their last six uh sacks have gotten back on the right trend they've got 12 in their last three games they're getting more pressure on the quarterback but that's also been facing hamilton montreal and ottawa teams that have struggled in that category but what is another team that's struggled uh in that category it is the edmonton elks offensive line has had its share of problems i think trey ford has minimized that because sure you get through the offensive line good luck catching trey ford though with how quick he runs uh so i think you know the Lions they're maybe starting to get things back on track a little bit but not at the pace they were at early in the season here uh for the defensive line in this one uh maybe to talk about the elk side of things here let's go there next uh you know we talked about yeah they're gonna probably score a point but how much different uh, – this is a question for you first here, Trey. Uh, how much different just do the Elks feel lately with the presence of Trey Ford and Jerry's Jackson? They're like, this feels like a whole different team where, you know, I was throwing those stats out earlier. Are those stats even
2: relevant? I don't think so. When you are saying could they score one point, like, ooh, I don't know. I'm, fl- I'm flirting with the word win this game when it comes to Edmonton a little bit because they are at home they do they like and adam talked about the need versus uh or a have to and need to win and bc's kind of comfortably yeah bc's catching winnipeg but at the end of the day i think it's a lot harder or it's a lot easier to try to get your motivation to play for to make the playoffs let alone a home game or a home game with a buyer right a little bit and i think edmonton yeah edmonton's that team with a chip on their shoulder and i think they might have a good shot in this one and yeah, when you're talking about that stat, that that to me seems like a whole different team. You could just link that. it Like, the team before the win, that home win and all the wins is a lot different than the team now, I think, right? That's so uh, Elks point, uh, 2.0 right now.
1: Are you good, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. I just had to jump on and <laughs> off for a moment, so. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, what do you call i all agree with you, Trey. I mean, this is a completely different team since uh, Stephen McAdoo kind of left, well, sorry, got demoted in this team. Uh, really, I mean, Jarius Jackson's called a great uh, book for the young quarterback. I mean, would I like to see him make more passes and stay in the pocket a little bit? Yeah. But I also see him doing what he has to do to succeed. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Jarius Jackson for at least having that out route or something there in case Trey Ford either needs to run or if Trey Ford actually can find somebody open. And I think Jarius Jackson's done a pretty good job of uh, getting guys open when he has to uh, for Trey Ford. I know some of that scrambling, but uh, the other part also that I really like about this is uh, we haven't seen a run game out of Edmonton until probably well last week. We really seen it start up, but uh, against the Stamps, I guess was really when uh, Kevin Brown kind of stood into his own, and I think that uh, I think that's only going to help the Elks, and it'll also take a lot of pressure off of Trey Ford because. Do you go after Kevin Brown or do you go after Trey Ford? Uh, that sometimes could be pretty confusing because both of them are pretty darn good.
0: Well, and we talked about Kevin Brown here a little bit already, but remember, let's go back to preseason. Look, all my Elks takes preseason were trash. Like, for the most part, like, uh, I was so high on them coming into the year. I predicted Dylan Mitchell to finish as a top five wide receiver. That's not happening. I picked Taylor Cornelius in the first round of our fantasy draft. What a joke. But the one take that I think I predict the Elks have more home wins than losses, which, well, if they get on a roll, I guess maybe it could come close, but the one that actually might come true is Kevin Brown is the leading rusher in the league. Now, I don't think he's catching Brady Oliveira. I think that's going to be really hard to do, but if the Bombers are able to with a couple weeks left lock up first in the West, do they arrest him a little bit? And then that opens an opportunity for Kevin Brown because uh, you know, I'm just pushing up the, uh, pulling up the rushing totals here, but he's second in the league now. He passed a thousand yards in his second season here, and he's about 190 behind Oliveira. It's going to be tough, but he's been on a roll lately, and I think he truly is one of the best running backs in the league. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, that has been a huge elevation for this game, uh, for this team as well, is uh, the presence of Kevin Brown. And offensive threat AC Leonard, right, Adam? You, I
1: know you Absolutely, had some yeah. on that this week. Yeah, I was looking that one up. Uh, the uh, second highest receiver in touchdowns right now for the Edmonton Elks, AC Leonard. Uh, hey, he was an old tight end. Why not? That's kind of cool that they've been using him. And I really like that out of their uh, uh, special team sort of jumbled package that they go and they bring in Taylor Cornelius. And you look at Cornelius, you think, oh, yeah, definitely, he's running. And all of a sudden, nope, just a little bit of a uh, uh, floater over top to AC Leonard the way he goes. Even if it gets the Riders, I mean, I'll still. Of it gets the Riders
0: every time. I mean,
1: I, I, I'll still love that. That was pretty great. Uh, over in the comments, uh, Buckshot Kid on YouTube, just take a look at the last four games Alex the won. They're not top teams. I'll agree with that. Uh, but you still got to admit, they are a lot better than what they used to be. I mean, don't forget, they also never beat the Riders two times in a row. Uh, maybe over self-induced stupidity once in a while, But nevertheless, it doesn't feel like the Elks are out there just to lose a game now. It feels like the Elks are actually trying to win a game instead of, you know, just figuring out a way to lose. So.
0: Now the the thing talking about the schedule there because I just pulled it up like the the remaining games here for the Elks it's going to be tough if we talk about you know this team is making a comeback for the playoffs BC Toronto Montreal and Winnipeg the four teams we've talked about as being the top four teams in the CFL so if this team has truly turned it around this upcoming schedule the rest of the way is going to be the true test of that uh, anything else before we get into our betting picks here I think I'm good.
2: I'm good. I wonder though if playing Toronto the last week or second last week, you know, and stuff like that, might be a benefit with them resting. You know, there too, you got to think of that too. You're only yeah. playing backups half a game, and so no, that's all. But yeah, this betting odds plus another row or home underdog. It's two now on Friday night football. This one's a little bit bigger. Edmonton plus six and a half with an over under forty nine and a half. Tell you right now, I'm going to go under the 49 and a half. Oops, I hit some button here, guys. I apologize. Um, You're good. I know, I couldn't see my odds here for a second. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Edmonton, plus six and a half. I, I even think they could outright win this game, but I'll go with the plus six and a half and under Ryan.
0: I can't do it. I'm sorry. I just can't. The stats, I know. I know it's different with Trey Ford and Jerry Jackson, but this is six games in a row. Somehow the Lions have just beaten the pants off of the Edmonton Elks. I can't do it. Uh, I'm taking the Lions here. I think they're the better team and I'm going to take them to cover the six and a half uh, in this game. Uh, but I will, I think I'm going to take the over because like I said, BC's defense has given up a lot. Trey Ford's an exciting piece in that offense. So is Kevin Brown, uh, and uh, yeah, I think VA could put uh, piles of points on the board also. So I'll take the over.
1: I, I'm going to go with the BC Lions winning this game. Uh, pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah, they keep they keep Molly whapping the Edmonton Elks anytime they play. Uh, Nathan Rourke will have a smile on his face while watching this game in Jacksonville because I mean, it was the Elks that uh, he came out. It was his coming out party in the CFL. You know what, uh, I'm going to take the uh, BC Lions, I just, I VA's been good this year too, the, full credit to them, uh, even Lucky Whitehead had some had some plays actually the last game, so uh, yeah, the BC Lions are going to be playing pretty good, I think they're going to roll this one, and uh, give me the over also, because yeah, the BC Lions, and the Edmonton Elks, I mean, Trey Ford's been scoring points, so yeah, give me the over on this too.
0: This league makes no sense, so Edmonton's going to win by 45, uh, probably. All right, let's move on to our next game of the week here, which is the Montreal Alouettes visiting the uh, Calgary Stampeders here. Uh, I believe that's a Saturday afternoon game, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Adam, what we got here?
1: Uh, The big thing that I've really got is a little bit more on the injury front. Uh, Kadeem was limited in practice the one day. Uh, and De- uh, Diedrich Mills seems to be fully healthy. don't know if that will make a difference or not. It seems like Kadim Carey also is now fully participating in practice. Uh, I would probably predict it will be a one-two punch like it always is over in Calgary. I would really love to be able to talk to somebody like Ryan or uh, Tiffany or somebody from the Stamp side of things and kind of get their feeling about the uh, temperature in Calgary also a little bit. Not on Dave Dickinson. Dave Dickinson's pretty much rock solid there, I think. But more of, do you think that this is if the if the Stampeders don't make the playoffs, this will be what the first time is since since any idea? I mean, it's been forever since we've seen the Stampeders potentially not make the playoffs. Uh,
0: I think is, I was still eating Play-Doh last time the uh, the Stamps missed the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I probably was uh, probably playing volleyball in grade five, so I don't know. Uh, but anyways, yeah, d- d- uh, do you think the Stampeder fan base, it, how long does it take until the Stampeder fan base is screaming for change somewhere, whether it be quarterback, whether it be coordinators? It, are, like, Is the lost playoffs, not making playoffs, what's going to do it, or... Is it going to take more than that to make some changes in Calgary?
2: Hasn't that been happening already, or not really? Or is that just everyone else thinks that they should make change, but not in Calgary yet? Because I've been well, thinking Calgary needs. Okay, is that what Because it... I've been thinking Calgary needs to make change for some time, but
1: but what needs to be changed is what I'm getting at.
2: Yeah, quarterback for one. I don't think he's a CFL guy, um, and I wonder too. I wonder if. I wonder if we're seeing the, the 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 effect of Bo and the age and stuff because we kind of see Patriots aren't that good right now. You know what I mean? And, and is that kind of the same thing with Calgary? Bo, and I'm not saying Bo's doing great either. But Bo hit his age. Everything else in Calgary didn't change accordingly. And now Calgary is kind of struggling too, right? So I don't know ownership. I, I don't not ownership, but I don't think it's Dickinson or um, Huffnagel that need to change. But I think they need a little bit of an overhaul on that roster.
1: I don't know what you do. When you look at the Patriots, I say it's almost going to start to become looking at Belichick. But, yet you don't do that in Calgary, it seems, right?
2: Not this year. Because, to me, I think Calgary is a year or two behind the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like, this is the first year Brady left. You give him a couple years. They get their Mac Jones guy or whatever, who's mayor now. And then you have a year or two of watching him struggle. And then you're going to be right now where we see Belichick, right, where he's throwing the challenge flag right at the referee pretty much, right, when he – so, yeah,
0: right. i I mean with the uh, I mean this with the utmost respect. Stamps fans deserve to suffer for a year or two, right? Like it's been too long of sustained success that the other eight fan bases in the league are just tired of. And it's you know, it's it's fun to see them, you know, face a little bit of adversity here, I would say uh this season and i don't think there should be wholesale changes like you built the you built the success you've built over the past decade or two here and you deserve one bad season now let's see what they do in the off season is more of my kind of thought here because calgary is a team that hardly ever makes an off season move right like we we come talking on free agency day and it's never the stamps we're talking about as the team winning free agency we're talking about oh they lost their players to all the other teams because they've been so successful so what does that look like for them this offseason? maybe you know we'll we'll see more activity from them there and i'm excited for that but uh i i think there's not going to be any major changes off of one bad year based on how successful you've been
1: well then i'm going to probably argue a little bit i think there has to be at least one change the quarterbacking situation i mean I think we all can, can we all agree that Jake Mayer probably needs to, maybe is not, is not the solution in Calgary, or do you think it's one year
0: issue also, Ryan? I'm not there yet on him. No, I think he, I'm not as high as I was early in this year when I had him as my second best quarterback in the league coming into the season. Uh, But I think he's still a young guy uh, at quarterback. You know, this is his first full season as a starter. There's been bumps and bruises. There has been for everyone around the league and, you know, at least he's the only quarterback that hasn't had bumps and bruises of the other kind is he's the only starting quarterback that hasn't really missed much time due to injury. Uh, it seems. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, if he can keep, you know, getting uh, on, on uh, into a bit of a rhythm, like he had that really bad dry spell, but he's only got two interceptions in his last, I think it's six games here. Uh, and you know, yeah, he's had some touchdown dry spells there, but I, I think he, he can get it together eventually, and maybe he's not going to light it up every week, but can he get into that game manager role while still sometimes having those 300, 350-yard passing games? I think there is a role for Mayer to carve out there, and I don't really know who else is available right now that I would put as better than him. Because the few guys that are better than him, I don't think their teams are letting them go in the offseason. So, in other words, Calgary now has their own Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols, but one that can actually throw a high passing total.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Anyways, uh, Richard over in the chat, Patriots fans deserve to suffer for a decade or two as well. Gotta argue that one. I mean, it's just like from 07 until 2013, after that, Pretty much the entire CFL is getting sick and tired of uh, Rough Rider fans being intolerable. And don't worry, Bomber fans, you're pretty close on the list already. For it didn't take
0: success for us to struggle to tolerate you.
1: Well, fair, but, you know, that do have a great cup. We probably did it.
0: Anyway. on the Montreal side in this game.
1: On the Montreal side of things, we've got, uh, you know, if they're starting to get some of the receivers that are starting to become healthy. And they're starting to maybe move the ball around a little bit more, other than just Austin Mac, uh, Tyler or Tyson Philpo. The other day, actually had a pretty good game. Uh, seems like Fajardo's starting to use his t- uh, uh, receivers a little bit more. Uh, yeah, thoughts on the receiving core, I guess, for Montreal, and can they have success against the Stampeders? Sorry. What was the question? Sorry, Thoughts on the receiving core of Montreal? And, yeah,
2: uh... I think uh, I think this is the change that they need in Montreal is to have someone for, for Giardo to throw the ball to, right? So he's not, you know, getting sacked, and that's the problem. And I, I really like the pod kids, and I think he'll I think he'll really open things up. We'll get to that later, but he may or may not be in a fantasy lineup that has playoff implications for a couple of our fantasy leagues here, right? So. Uh, that that that's my only thing I'll tell Ryan on my C lineup, but I might have a Phil Pot. I won't say which one. Uh, you guys... Oh, okay. So you're putting the
0: injured list Jalen Phil pod in your lineup. You never know, right there. Bold strategy,
1: Cotton. That's yeah. Let's see how it pays off. For
0: yeah. Um. But
2: yeah, I think I think I had a little bit more expectation out of Montreal this year, and I think they're floating well. And we remember they're they're sitting on that bubble too. They're sitting in second according to the standings, but they're tied for second with Hamilton. Hamilton's got a tough test though, but again, how hard is Toronto going to be playing down the stretch here? You never really know. So wins are valuable, right? So I think uh, the receiving court coming back at the right time. Well, well, we always see that every year, right? A team that's six and seven, they get a couple injuries, uh, a couple guys off the injury reserve. They get right into the lineup. And next thing you know, that team goes five, six straight down the stretch here. Right. And, Somehow uh, we'll have a game in Hamilton in
0: November. Brian? Yeah, Montreal's receivers, I think, have stepped up, right? Like, yeah, Greg Ellingson has been out, except for that one game he's been out all year. Reggie White Jr. has been out. They lost Winicky. they lost Eugene Lewis in the offseason. Like, it was a whole overhaul, but Austin Mack, Tyler Snead, you know, those guys have stepped up. Tyson Philpott uh, finally had that breakout game this year we were waiting for him to have. Uh, in this season. on Julian Grant's taking a step forward. He got back in the lineup last week, you know, should probably be more active this week. But in saying all these things, this team can't put touchdowns on the board offensively. Like, they really struggled to do so, and I'm just trying to find it here. Uh, you know, offensive touchdowns on the season. Montreal is last with only 22 of them through 15 weeks of the year. And it's really not great. Uh, it hasn't been successful. They haven't been putting those points on the board. Just 12 passing touchdowns on the season. Ottawa only has six? Ottawa has six passing touchdowns through 15 weeks. of the- My goodness. Um, but Montreal's not much better with 12. So, you know, you expect more from Cody Fajardo. And we can talk about catches, targets, yards. You're not putting points on the board the only reason i would say they are where they are at uh what is it six and seven seven and six is because their defense has held teams to under 20 points in most of those wins right like for montreal the backbone has been that defense that did a pretty good job of shutting chad kelly down for the most part until the very end last week too and darnell sankey's been a huge addition to that also do You yeah but you know who's
2: leading in passing touchdowns do you have that's that stat right handy
0: who would you guess? Toronto. Uh, they are third, actually. They only have 20 on the year. Winnipeg has 34. BC has 26.
2: And Ottawa has five, six? Six, yeah. And, they, and they're last? Yeah.
1: Jeez, okay. Sure you don't want to change your picks to Saskatchewan? You
2: had no, guys? no. I'm just thinking that – no, that's interesting. No, I'm just thinking that I, I kind of watching – I feel like passing touchdowns might have been down overall this year, but not if Winnipeg has – BC and Winnipeg combined have over 50. But, oh, okay, that's interesting. No, I'm keeping my picks. Ottawa will just run the ball in there, man.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's about what I've really got for this game here. Not a whole lot. Uh, I think, again, these are probably both teams that really need a good win again. Uh, Montreal, again, with the losses to Toronto back-to-back. Uh, They need to get someone going in Calgary. Well, they almost got to start winning to catch Saskatchewan in the standings because I don't know if there'll be an East crossover this year. Uh, Betting, what are we looking at here on this game, Trey?
2: Third straight home dog, but this time just plus one um, for Calgary. Still the dog, though. Um, You know what? I'm going to go with – I have more faith in Fajardo than I do Mayer. So I'm going to go with Montreal, the minus one, over, under 47 and a half. Take the under again. Adam, you can go first this time, buddy.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Montreal also just for the exact reason you said. I think they got a more complete uh, wide receiving core. Uh, they got Snead. they got Mack. If he doesn't get kicked out uh, two minutes in. Unless Ryan's uh, taking him as captain, then he won't get kicked out. Uh, or uh, even Speaker. I mean, he's been pretty good this season. Uh, again, we said Phil Poe. Lots of players that they they have. They've got quite a good arsenal there. Yeah, they don't have Greg Ellison, but they got enough all all the way around. So, Montreal, give me the under, though, because I think the defense is really going to dominate for Montreal. And I don't know. They should get a few points, but they're going to get 47.5 on their own, Montreal. Ryan?
0: Yeah, I'm going to. It's such a tough one when it's a toss-up like this, but I think I'm going to take the Alouettes as well. Again, they seem to have that trend of they play really well when it's not playing one of the top teams in the league, and Calgary is definitely not one of those top teams. So uh, as much as I make fun of Montreal's 12 passing touchdowns, Calgary has 14. Like, it's two more than that. It's not been that much of a difference. So I'll give Montreal a bit of an edge here in this one. I think they always play kind of well against Calgary also. Uh, and yeah, I I think I like the under. If we're talking about these touchdown rates, I think if I'm going to pick an under on a game, uh, this might be the the one I'm taking this week.
2: That's brutal. They're averaging one. Some teams and Ottawa's clearly less, but holy, they're oh hm, wow.
1: Okay. Actually, okay, two little two little things to talk about in the chat. Uh, Ottawa did beat Winnipeg and almost beat BC despite the touchdown disparity. So that just tells you, any given Friday or Saturday, anybody can win a game. I mean, Hamilton just beat Winnipeg, didn't they?
0: Yeah. Well, it was the the big Mike Energy uh, upset of the week. Absolutely what it was. I called called it. I called it. I called it. That was uh, my shining moment besides when I picked a weather delay earlier in the season. Uh, All right. Let's move on to our uh, final game of the week here, which is the uh, aforementioned Hamilton Tiger Cats visiting the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, this one is the later game on the, uh, Saturday. Interesting that a game out in Calgary happens before a game out East. Uh, but this one's a 6 PM, uh, or 7 PM Eastern time start time here. I think this is the fourth and final matchup between these teams this season. Correct. Uh, so what's the big story here? I think the biggest
1: story is first things first, you've got a divisional opponent. You've got the East division title. How many guys actually start this game? Because you know that these teams like to go and hit each other and, you know, hurt each other a bit. Uh, this could be a rough one. If you're Toronto, do you play guys like Chad Kelly? You play A.J. Olette Do you play Devontae Coxie? How much do you play of the starters and still keep them in there? Because in all honesty, right now for Toronto, this game doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, Trey, what's your thoughts? you play, rest them or do you rest them?
2: I think you still play your main guys. Like maybe you start taking a look at the third or fourth quarter, but what I would be more is you don't show the playbook to Hamilton more than the players, right? You don't show anything of substance. You probably, if I'm the offensive coordinator, offensive team, I probably have 10 plays, 10 or 12 plays, use those the whole game and then you throw them out because those aren't plays you're ever going to use again kind of thing. And then to keep them guessing in the playoffs, but player wise, because it's the rust versus rest thing right where i think it's a little too early to completely shut them down but you do start maybe game game managing a little bit when it comes to the third or fourth quarter um you don't need kelly to go down or Olet to go down or anything like that right so and they already got gittins on the sixth game right which could you know but i mean six games he's back by the playoffs at this or whatever right so right
0: If I'm the Argos, I'm telling the best players, go take a nap. We'll see you in late October, right? Like they have nothing to play for for the next six weeks. They have no bye weeks for the rest of the way. Five, what, five or six weeks left in the season? Nothing to play for. They've clinched first. They're just watching everybody else fight it out for the right to come visit them at BMO Field. So. We always talk about this rest versus rest thing, but normally we talk about it in the context that there's what two weeks left in the regular season. You know, do you rest guys? Or do you prep them for the playoffs? You could sit all of them for the next three weeks and then still bring them back for three weeks to prep for the playoff game. So I know they're not going to do it. And I actually like. I really like your take there, Trey, on keeping the playbook. You know, simple and not giving that away. Uh, and they're probably going to start everyone, but they don't have to. And I just hope nobody gets injured. That's costly for them, and that because yeah, an injury to a guy like Chad Kelly would be disastrous for a team that has as good of odds to go on to win the Great Cup this year. I would say as anybody else, right? They they're guaranteed at this point already, one win away from making it there, and probably have the best odds to win that game.
2: See, because I just wonder though, what what plays in the players' minds? Because we won't go on this too much, but. There's a division rival that they are likely could see in the playoffs. And the next week, they got Winnipeg, the only team that's kind of close to them. I wonder if there's a little bit of... They want to play? Because nobody wants to sit. The worst when you're playing slow pitch and then you got to sit a game or half a game. Nobody wants to do that, right? And I don't think these guys want to sit. It's always... We've heard that here in Winnipeg the last few years. It's Osh telling Zach he has to sit the last game or two, right? So I wonder... I wonder. You're right about injury. 100 percent about injuries. Football is the worst sport where you can <laughs> you can uh, you know destroy your ankle from just taking a drop back. Right? We've seen that how many times. We've seen That's guys can. Religious. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? We've seen there's basketball player what was his name Wall got hurt from falling out of the shower one morning. You know what I mean these guys you could get hurt doing anything right. So you can't bubble wrap them. So I mean it'd be interesting to see what they do.
1: Hey, as long as none of them try to pull a Trevor Bauer and go start playing with a drone or something, uh, it, Richard over in the chat says Toronto isn't going to rest guys yet, or they will play only a half, uh, or they will play uh, plays that set up other plays in the postseason. I like I like Trey's analogy. You don't go and uh, show the playbook much. Again, it's a tie cats, You might face them in the East final. Who knows? Uh, so you don't want to show them absolutely anything right now. Uh, If I was them, I'd probably play most of the guys this week because, again, still a bit divisional opponent. You're at home. You want to always prove that you're a pretty strong team to play against, no matter who it is. Uh, So, to me, I think I would play most of the guys anyways. Uh, And if it gets really stupid or rough or something, start pulling, right? I mean, you have lots of depth in running back. We've clearly seen that. Just ask if you've got Andrew Harris as a backup. Uh, you've got a pretty good receiving core with lots of depth in it also, which I bet some of that might be brought up in fantasy right away. Uh, and overall Toronto, like I said, their defense is just lights out with Jamal Peters and all the other pieces that they've got in that team. So they've got the depth. They could rest guys, but I don't think they will. Uh, over on the Hamilton side of the football, uh, not a whole lot really different from last week that I could really tell. Uh I think that they had some success against one of the greater teams in the league. Uh, They got to do this now double or nothing, essentially against the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, Any thoughts on how they can actually finally topple the Argos this year? I think they're 0-3 against the Argonauts right now. And most of those were pretty convincing fashion for the Argos. I don't know. I wonder, because
2: when you see a team three times or now four times in in football, get a lot of game film on them so i wonder if there's one team that should be able to figure them out what you would think it would be the team that now faces them for the fourth time in account cal- in, a, in a season right so I, I don't know i don't know if hamilton's got it oh, i mean we always say that and then they get a they win last week against winnipeg they get these wins and we hear about it from um fm fam and all the hamilton fans right so uh, um I don't know what they can do, I think they gotta really involve Butler that would be one. I think if they get this game, they need to manage it. They need to make Kelly or whoever the quarterback is if they take him out and they gotta give him limited time right maybe we'll see o j olette be under center for a couple of snaps since he can throw the ball right so but they gotta keep the the time of possession I think in Hamilton's favor if they want to win this one and it's gotta if they want to win it, they gotta keep it a gritty like twenty. 17 kind of game where they just have possession, possession, possession after, you know, and time, which is, yeah. Anyway, Ryan, what do you think? I'm high on the tie cats right now. Like they've won three of
0: their last four games. They beat the bombers last week. They beat the red blacks, despite a big disparity in the amount of rest going into that game the week before, right. They had the short week, the red blacks are off the buy. They did lose to the Argos 41, 20 in that game. But again, 28 points on the board there. And uh, then they beat the Lions the week before that. So, you know, three wins in their last four games, including against two of the top teams in the CFL. This is the team that I feel like has always been a second-half team and is, is kind of turning things around a little bit. And I like them. I, I, I Earlier in the season, you could not pay me to pick the Ticats uh, to win a game, even against the Elks. I'm pretty sure I picked the Elks uh, when they were 0-6 against the Thai Cats. Uh, but I, I'm feeling good about them right now at this point. And yeah, comment there in the chat, cats on the road are four and two. So they, they've been pretty successful on the road here so far. They've got a tall task. The Argos are, are, are a very good football team and there isn't a lot to, uh, you know, exploit on them. Their passing defense is one of them, but they'll beat you in other ways. So it's going to be a tough game, but I think the tie cats are also a much improved team from what we saw earlier in the season. And, you know, Matt Schultz is healthy, and he's been the third string. He's been the second string. He's not getting that starting job back, I don't think, because Taylor Powell actually is not hooked too bad in the past couple of weeks. I don't know. What do you think, Adam?
1: I think they're going to bring Bole by Mitchell back in about a week here and just go in absolutely uh, just to punish Ryan. It's the only reason they're going to do it.
0: If they, no, if they do that, if they bring Bo Levi Mitchell back off the injured list and then somehow miss the playoffs because of this, like, I'm sorry, you're just, I'm, you're, I'm not even talking about you anymore after that for the rest of the, like, we're not even talking about Hamilton in the offseason if that happens. Like,
1: honestly, like, you know, Taylor Powell, you're right, has been playing pretty good football as of late. Uh I can't see why they wouldn't uh, try to keep them y- utilized as much as they can. Kyle Loxley is good in that kind of specialized kind of way. And you're right, uh, you've also seen Matthew Schultz back in there a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think this is Taylor Powell's team to, I think, almost take them to the where they need to go. Uh, it sucks for Bo, but you know what? Uh, in the chat, the Buckshot kid goes and says, Bo's going to be looking for a new team next year. All I can say is, Who?
2: The TSN panel. I was going they are going to cut him?
0: I mean, a lot of It's I not guaranteed, though.
1: It's not guaranteed. Oh, some of it is guaranteed. Some no, of it, none,
0: right? none of his is contracts it? guaranteed. Oh, right, you right. can't get the guaranteed sorry? contract oh. because he got traded and
1: he had to. He, he would have had to been signed to Calgary and then traded his contract. Oh, okay. You're right. Sorry. No, Bolivia did. didn't get any guaranteed money, Richard.
0: Yeah, there's um, no reason to hold on to him next year. Like he's not going to bring you any improvement, unless you want to hold on to him to help be an offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, Buckshot Kid also brings up in there probably somebody in the US XFL will probably. Uh, yeah, I said that right. Uh, will probably be interested in uh, maybe Bowley by Mitchell. I don't know yeah, if there's a team in Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah, that's honestly I don't I don't see him having a spot in a CFL team right now. I mean, name me one that, honestly, he'd be an improvement
0: on. I mean, when everyone's playing their third or fourth-string quarterbacks, right? Like, he's an improvement, arguably, in that sense.
1: Fair, but I mean, right now, i take Dole Gallo
0: over Bo Levi. Sadly, I would, too. Sadly, I think I might, too.
1: And I mean, you look, I mean, the other third-string quarterbacks is Dustin Crumb, who actually might be the guy for Ottawa eventually. Uh Trey and six passing touchdowns. Well, fair. But <laughs> and also probably one of those was Movoli's before he got hurt, anyways. No, um, it wasn't because I got negative
0: no, fantasy all- points. I, I know this. Adam,
1: I, I know this. But I mean the other third string is Trey Ford. I mean, he's not a third string anymore. I we can keep calling him a third string, I guess. But I mean, maybe Chris Jones does, but uh, and, I mean Calgary. They're the only guys that really need a quarterback, and I don't think he's going back to Calgary.
0: Oh, that would be something. Anything else on, uh, on that topic or the, the preview here for this game for you, Trey, or do you want to get into betting on
2: Nah, no, I'd only keep him if the expansion draft was this year, so maybe then you could protect your other guy and the Schooners have to take him or something, right? That That's all I would do, but no. I'm, all, I'm all,
1: I could t- all I could tell you is it's Kevin Glenn that's going to the Atlantic Schooners whenever that happens. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the one thing I want to mention is it mentioned that Hamilton is four and two on the road, but they are playing the six and zero Toronto Argonauts at home and seven and zero against division rivals. So again, I wonder what again coming back to the rest thing. I wonder how many guys might look look at that and be like, do we want to lose the division rival? Do we want to lose our record? What's more important? I don't know. And yet some guys got playing bonuses too. Do they want to rest or do they want to hit those benchmarks and get playing bonuses? Those those come into effect too, right? And if you're sitting three, four, five games now that, that affects those, those totals. Right. So, yeah. You know, so also, not, well, go also into that. Nick Arbuckle does, did
0: not have a passing touchdown this year. I saw the chat comment there, but Tyree Adams did. So of the six, they have uh, five of them are from Dustin Crown.
1: Good to know. How many of them were against Winnipeg too?
2: Nah. Make the playoffs first <laughs> before you can start talking, man. I don't even
0: know if any of them were. It was the defense in that game that, uh, and his rushing totals. Uh, all right, uh, betting picks here, Drake.
2: Right? The first home favorite of the weekend. We got to wait till Saturday evening for that. Toronto, a big minus ten, a touchdown and a field goal. Each n forty five is the over under. hi aye, The old rule is you should take a team that you believe could win. You know, even with a big spread like this. I don't know. I know Ryan was hitting. I don't know. Ryan was hitting towards Hamilton. Yeesh. I'll take Toronto, the minus 10. No, no, no. I'll go Hamilton. I'll go Hamilton, the plus 10, and I'll go over 49. Ryan?
0: It's time for the big Mike Energy upset of the week. I'm taking the Hamilton Tiger Cats in this game. I couldn't do it with the Elks over the Lions, but I will take the Tie Cats to at least... Uh, cover the 10 point spread here, if not win the game. I think there is a chance they win this. They've got a lot to play for here. The Argos really don't have anything, and I think the Ticats have been much improved lately. And uh, Maybe I'm just trying to get myself and our Ticats fans good books after I just trashed the team for the entire first half of the season. So, um, yeah, I will take the Thai Cats and I think this could be a high scoring game, so I'm going to take the I'm not
1: going to use big Mike energy. I'm going to use logic in this one of why the Cats are going to win this game. It's very tough to beat a team four times in a row in a season. And Ticats got books and they got paperwork and they know what the Argos are. The Argos know what the Cats are, but I don't think the Argos care as much. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cats in this one here. I'm going to go with the Ticats to win this game. Uh, if they don't win this game, the Argos win this one. This could be the East Division final uh, prediction. I'll say Hamilton will beat Toronto in the East Final if that's the case. It's very tough to beat a team five times in a row. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to go Ticats in this one, though, Uh, and give me the over. Uh, This could be a shootout. Well, real quick, we kind of didn't touch on this, but maybe real quick before we move on, Pinball
2: got an extension. What are your guys' quick thoughts on that?
0: Awesome. Uh, Well, we're extending everyone this year, and why not, right? Like Pinball's best man in this. Best man in the CFL, Pinball Clemens, hundred percent.
1: this this is one of the best Argo teams ever, honestly.
2: I I think John Candy's looking down pretty happy right now on this team. Yeah, I think so. That's I think so, good. and I think it, it it all came from that one or two drives in Regina last year, and they just kind of kept going, right? So.
0: Yeah, yeah, no argument there. They're stacked across the board. Again, like I've said before, nothing no absolute superstars, I feel like, uh, or not many of them, but just solid across the board. And pinball, I think, has played a huge role in the development of the team to get to that point. So, uh, yeah, nothing but good things to say about him there.
2: I really like, I really real quick, I really like when Americans, because he's American, when an American really establishes himself post-playing career too, right? Like, it's Absolutely, not like, yeah. it, it makes no sense. Like, O'Shea, he's Canadian, he's going to stay here when Canadians come and do it, but when an American comes and falls in love with it and continues it and he's all Argos, I love it. <clears throat> Let's get wild into that fantasy. Also, I don't want to talk about
0: what wild also that you know this le- this week's so crazy that an 11 and one football team and we're all picking the, the opponent who's six and seven upset them this week.
2: Because I was thinking maybe there might be a backdoor cover if they do rest. Their right. players too, right? Half-time. They might be up twenty something at halftime, and then they're like, "Okay, hey, kids, have some, uh, have some orange slices." We'll start the <laughs> rookies, right? And then Hamilton might chip away at it. So that's what I was kind of thinking. Do I have to prepare
0: for that uh, trade? Do I got to bring orange slices to the sports games eventually? Do they still do that? They Are you allowed do to even?
2: I don't think so. I uh, my kids don't have that. All right.
1: Don't bring your nachos to the game
0: either. Apparently, (laughs) they kick the bag. Just, just
2: water break every twenty minutes. That's about it.
0: Sounds good. All right, let's get into our uh, fantasy uh, talk here. Fantasy players to watch. Again, we'll we'll go through position by position this week. Um, Notable context, perhaps, for some of our picks. We've got a lot to play for here in our couple uh fantasy leagues here this week uh i know in our draft league I, I i caught up to mike a little bit last week so i'm about 20 points behind him 2025 20, so i gotta put the pedal to the metal this week uh big pickup of tommy neal for 23 dollars for me in our draft week this week because i thought people would bid on him uh but nobody did uh so we'll see if he can lead me to victory there in our uh podcast network league it's the the final week of the regular season there and i am currently in first and i need a win this week i think to stay in first although i think i have it locked down based on the point totals adam it's gonna be tough you're not technically eliminated but i think it's gonna be tough for you to make the playoffs unfortunately there so nothing to play for well it's still a bit to play for there for you uh, but Trey win, and I think I mean I did some loose math, and I think you've got a pretty strong overall score, so win, and you're in in this league. Uh, I'm not guaranteeing that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case uh, there. And uh, after, and then in our Discord league, where we play head-to-head with members of our Discord community, all of us are fighting for those final two playoff spots. There's about six people fighting for them. Uh, Trey, you currently hold the last playoff spot there. Mike's right behind you. I'm right behind Mike, and Adam's right behind me. And Mike and I play each other this week. So I uh, if I can take Mike out, I can knock him out of the playoffs and hopefully secure a spot for myself. But Trey might block that. So.
1: And, hey, I still have a chance. All I need to have is get a 200-plus point game. I need Ryan and uh, Mike to tie, and I need Trey not to submit his roster. It's as simple as that.
2: I, so already saying, I already hit save, baby. Don't
0: worry about it. So you're saying there is a chance.
1: All right. So uh, what's that username and password, tree? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think you can clear out a lineup full. I mean, it, I, don't know, I guess you could, and then hit save. Uh, put one player you, in
2: there. As you would have to put, put all backups, all, <laughs> all bombers, all bombers this week, baby.
0: Yeah. True blue and gold. There you go. All right, format four, the fantasy players to watch. We're switching it up a little bit now. Uh, Instead of going team by team, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you uh, top three suggestions, at quarterback, running back, wide receiver. We'll do maybe five because there's a lot to choose from. We'll talk about why none of the defenses are worth it, but you have to pick one anyways. Uh, And then we'll do top three value plays. Uh, So I'll give you uh, the guys I've got here uh and uh you guys can chime in as well if you have anybody else in your own top threes potentially you don't have to give away your exact pick uh if you don't want to but you can uh, maybe give a name that's in your top three considerations if i haven't mentioned them let's start quarterbacks and i i think there's three guys that are top plays almost every single week in no particular order There's Vernon Adams Jr. at $13,500 for the BC Lions. He's got five straight games, over 300 yards passing, three-plus touchdowns, and over 23 fantasy points in four of those. Uh, You know, the Elks have done better at shutting down uh, the passing game from other teams lately, but the Lions have had the Elks numbered big time the last couple of years, so... Uh, VA does unfortunately throw a pick or two here and there, but I think he still overcomes that just with those passing totals and his rushing ability. Speaking of rushing ability, how about Trey Ford at $10,000? 20 plus fantasy points at every start, but one this year. He's only got one game over 200 yards passing, but he's good for at least one touchdown per game and averaging 78.5 rushing yards uh and the the opponent this week is the bc lions who just struggled to contain dustin Crum's rushing ability and i think they're going to struggle to contain Ford here as well and then chad kelly at thirteen thousand dollars his numbers have come down to earth the past three weeks with his highest score being 20.7 uh however two of those games were against montreal's past defense and he gets a matchup with the ticats who he's averaged 26.4 points against in three games this year I think you can expect him to deliver another MOP-worthy performance because I think he's a front runner for it. The only potential hesitation there would be if they do get ahead in this game, knowing there's nothing to play for. How early do they realistically pull Chad Kelly? Uh, Adam, any any other quarterbacks strongly in consideration for you that in your top three?
1: Yeah, one that uh, you didn't have in the top three. Uh, Jake Dolan-Bagala, now, I know he's expensive. Don't get me wrong. 10000 is quite a bit for the guy. He's playing the Ottawa pass defense. I really like his odds, and he's got some real big playmaking uh, receivers with him. I really do like the idea of putting Jake dolan Gala in this lineup. Uh, at the moment, I've got Vernon Adams, but he's burned me so many times when picking him that I don't know if I can. So, yeah, might be dolan Gala for me.
0: Yeah, he was, I'll admit he was probably number four on my list. Like he was in the honorable mention category for that matchup with the, the Ottawa pass defense. Trey, what about you?
2: Who oh, you didn't say? Um, who's, uh, I'll, Maybe Fajardo. I'll throw Fajardo in there because I think maybe he'll he'll slice up that Calgary defense for some points. I'll say that.
0: All right, fair enough. From who uh, you didn't
2: say. His, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I have a feeling you agree with some of the other players I have mentioned on this list.
1: Mm.
0: Maybe. We'll see. Mm. <laughs> Certain guy in blue? Holding your cards <laughs> to your
2: chest. Uh- <laughs> Actually, no, my quarterback does not wear blue, Adam, for your information. Oh. I'll tell you that.
0: So. Alright, switching it up for the, the playoff push here. Let's talk running backs. The top three uh, I have here again, these aren't uh, necessarily ordered, uh, but Devontae Williams at $8,500. Riders have given up 329 rushing yards to starting running backs in recent weeks. No Anthony Lanier, no Miles Brown, potentially no Pete Robertson on the defensive line. Uh, means that Williams should be able to run all over them. And in his last three games, he's gotten a solid workload. 12 carries, 17, 18 in his last three games. Only one target per game recently in his last four uh, in three of those games. But earlier this year, he did get three to four targets in some games. So uh, it does still have uh, some passing uh, ability there, uh, receiving ability. Uh The other ones I like, James Butler at 12,000, only two targets in his last three games, which is a downward trend. But if you look closely at the games against the Argos, seven targets, eight targets, six targets, James Butler becomes one of the leading receivers for Taylor Powell in this Ticats offense every time they play Toronto. Also, as I got burned by in my defeat to Trey last week, Anytime you get anywhere near the red zone, uh, James Butler is probably the primary candidate to pick up a t- touchdown for that Ty Cats offense. Uh, and he's explosive. He's on track to be one of the top running backs of the year and contest for the title. It's Kevin Brown at 12,000 back-to-back weeks, over 140 rushing yards and 20 fantasy points. I think he is the most explosive rusher in the league, even over Brady Oliveira. Uh, and averaging 14 carries in his last six games. So if he can keep breaking off those long runs, uh, I think that's going to be another great day for Kevin Brown. Uh, I'll give that as my top three. I got an honorable mention later. Uh, if you guys don't already uh, mention him, uh, anybody not in that top three that you have, uh, Trey? Sorry, you said Brown? Brown, Butler, and Devontae Williams were my top three.
2: Uh, just, I got a I gotta go with Olet. He's dual threat, can pass touchdowns apparently too. And did that count? For points? Yeah, it counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. And Richard in the chat, shut the hell up! Don't be telling people what I did last week. It Doesn't matter what I did last week. Anyway, Adam, what do
1: you got? Uh, you know, right now I've been looking at it, and if you need, I, I I picked the ones one of the ones Ryan did already, but if you need a really cheap running back, uh. I don't know how many points he's getting yet, but Frankie Hickson's available this week. And, you know, $2,500. Uh he will be starting for the Rough Riders. He'll be the main guy for the Riders. Uh, who knows? Maybe he can change something around, switch something up, and get you some big points. So that's the only other one that I've got is Frankie Hickson, potentially. But uh, right now it's Butler and uh, Brown for me.
0: All right. Honorable mention to Kadim Carey. I mean, he, uh, he's cheap. He's $7,000. The Alouette's run defense isn't great. Um, and, you know, he can put points on the board, but it looks like Dedrick Mills might be back this week. So the dual split kind of scares me a little bit there. Uh, Let's talk wide receivers here uh, for this week. Uh, I'll give you five names here quickly to run through uh, because you got to pick at least two plus, you know, you're probably picking a wide receiver at flex. Maybe you'll take a running back there. Uh, Keon Hatcher last week sucked. Uh, After averaging 10 targets and 19.5 fantasy points in his last six. Before that, he had just two targets, three points last week. I think that's a weird outlier. I think he's going to bounce back to his normal this week. He's also got the best positional matchup on his team against the Elks at wide receiver, uh, and if they have a big day, I expect him to be involved there. Uh, Tim White at eleven thousand dollars, three straight games over a hundred all-purpose yards, four of and in four of his last five. He's also averaged an impressive eight. 8 targets per game. And I think with a couple more weeks like this, he's going to be the leading receiver in the league. I think he can pass Austin Mack and claim that title uh, and Dalton Schoen as well. I think he's up there. Uh, also, it's a left slot back against the Argos. They give up 15.8 per game. Uh, best matchup for any wide receiver across the league. Uh Adam believes strongly in Jake Dolagala this week in that passing offense against the Red Blacks, and so I believe in the wide receivers in that room as well. Uh and I think you could make an argument for almost any of them, but I like Sean Bain Jr. at ten thousand five hundred. Uh, He has a consistently high target share, nine or more targets in six of his last eight games, and Ottawa's giving up 14.8 points per game to his position, so it's a great matchup there also. uh, Then we go into, you know, those were kind of the first three easy ones I slotted in there, but two more ones I do like to consider. Eugene Lewis at 10,000 since returning from his injury. Let's take the first game back out of the question because maybe they were easing him back in 15.5 fantasy points in his last four games. He's got a bit of a lower target share uh, with only an average of six in that span, but you know, Trey Ford doesn't pass a ton, but when he does, he looks for the big plays. And I think there are a few better big play receivers than Eugene Lewis in the CFL. And finally, Mark and Michelle at ten thousand dollars, fourteen point three point average in his last three games. He's Calgary's deep threat. Bagleton's more of the short, uh, repeated target guy. But if they want a big play, it's going to Mark and Michelle a lot of the time. And watching last week's games, you know the Argos seem to be targeting Deontay Ruffin in the O.S. defensive backfield a couple of times. A few big plays to Demonte Coxie who happens to line up in the same spot that Mark and Michelle does. So I'm hoping they watch that game film and they're going to him again. Uh, So Hatcher, White, Bain Jr., Lewis, Mark, and Michelle make up my top five. Uh, I don't know if Adam's here. His camera's off. So I'll go back to you here first, Trey. Uh, Any wide receiver uh, name worth mentioning outside of that group?
2: I'm going to use my time. I have a question. What's what's wrong with Schaefer Baker that he's only 4,000 points? I know he hasn't been used a lot, but does he still, like, you know, is that all it is? Is he hasn't been used a lot this year?
1: I think, I think it is. I not yeah. seem to get him the ball. I don't think more than anything.
2: I just, yeah. I just wonder if he'll have a game. Maybe not this week or something, but he might have a game coming here shortly. Um, and uh, I'm sorry if you said this, but I like uh, Phil Pot in Montreal. I did not I did not okay.
0: say Phil pie yet. So no,
2: okay. No, that's kind of my that's my go to. That's all I'm gonna say because yeah, Richard in the chat, you know, he's close to me and he's twenty points behind and I don't want to tell too much of my you probably could see it actually in my reflection of my glasses if you zoomed in <laughs> real well, because I just noticed that right
1: now, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adam, what about you?
1: Uh two guys that I really like. If again, I'm trying to build a cheap roster this week because I can. I got nothing really to play for, so I'm just trying to mess with rosters a little bit. Uh, but Omar Bayless is one guy that I really like out of the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, he's been getting some reasonable points. He's two point seven thousand, cheap. Gets a few points. Why not? Uh, the other guy I like is uh, is it Patrick Nels? Niels, Niels?
0: Are you talking about Tommy Niels of the Toronto Argonauts?
1: that's the name I was looking for I couldn't find his first name I was that's why I was walking to the back end trying to find it here but uh anyways uh yeah I like him as well because again he's probably gonna get a lot more looks right now because he's uh kind of in between semi backup slash uh starter right now for the argonauts and especially with those guys probably that are gonna get some rest he looks like a good option in there as well uh I gotta find another cheap guy too but I'll find one later on probably and fill my roster out. I'm trying to save as much money as I can because, you know, I'm going to save that so when I sell the team, I have a chance.
0: Yeah, that's how this works, right? Uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, there we go. All right, defenses. Uh, there's I don't know. There's not a whole time to look at here on the defensive side. I like the Riders for being $5,900 and playing that Ottawa offensive line that can't keep crumb upright despite him being a mobile quarterback you run through the other options i mean the aloex against calgary jake Mayer doesn't throw a ton of interceptions maybe calgary against montreal but i feel like the stands defense hasn't done a whole ton um I guess you can make an argument for, you know, AC Leonard and that Elks defense. Like you could make arguments for any of these defenses. Uh, They're all similarly priced. Don't spend up for like BC's defense at 10,000 or Toronto's defense. When, unless you have money left over on your roster, this best recommendation on defense there. Um, Value plays. Adam kind of mentioned all my value plays already, but I'll touch on them here briefly. Uh, Tommy Neal, the, the that's his name, uh, is $2,500, and if I told you you could get a team's number one receiver for $2,500, yeah, that would be pretty nice, uh, and that's arguably the case. Tommy Neal has averaged eight targets, six and a half catches, and 83 yards in the two games since he's entered the lineup. We've been waiting all season long about for the Argos haven't, uh, you know, we've been talking about how they haven't had a receiver take a large share of the targets. I think Neal's that guy. Cam Phillips still hasn't practiced this week. Uh, Gittins Jr. is on the sixth game. Neal should get a good chance to start uh, once again. I also really like Omar Bayless at 2,700. Uh, and he got a chance with Duke Williams being out in his two starts, four catches, around 50 yards in both of them. The Argos are tied for the most points given up to starting right slot backs as well, with 11.2 per game. So I think he can easily outproduce the price. And the third one I'll throw into this list is whoever the starting running back for the Riders is, whether it's Frankie Hickson or Thomas Bertrand. Who done. Uh, the Red Blacks, again, shut down the run pretty good. Second best in the league at that, uh, only averaging 9.8 fantasy points against. But uh, it's $2,500 for a starting running back, so it kind of lets you stack the rest of your roster uh, and gives you some flexibility elsewhere there. Anybody super cheap to cover? I mean, you mentioned Philpot. I think, Trey, he's, he's still pretty cheap, right? He's around $4,400, I think, last 5, I checked. 5.5. 5.5, 5. 5. okay. I mean, so. I
2: wouldn't know. I wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Schaefer Baker being around 4000 there as well. Adam, you mentioned the three guys I've already talked about, but is there any other big one on your list that you want to mention here?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, there is one more. i just going to look up the name here really quick. Uh, so I don't make a mistake. Yeah, uh, from the Montreal Alouettes, Darnell Sankey. I mean, he might be playing for uh, running back. You'd never know. He's only 2,500. Gets pick six, that'll probably uh, make your season. What is What is up with
0: the site? Like... <laughs> I don't
1: know. I just wanted to point that
0: out. (laughs) This is the site that's had Anthony Johnson and uh, Richie Sandani, two copies of them in there at times. This is the same site that Cole Speaker, who's been one of the best Alouettes receivers, has not been available to pick for weeks. Uh, Luther Hakunavanu earlier in the season went in and out of being able to be picked like five times in the same week. Uh, And now we've got linebackers being available as running backs at 2,500. So... You know, it's it's controlled chaos. Um, Welcome to the CFL, folks.
1: I did trade Trey Trey to Odom's Dukes injured to Trey also, so I mean, yeah.
0: You really going to bring that up still, Adam?
1: Absolutely. I got to take any victory I can. (laughs) That's
2: okay. How about that NFL fantasy victory? Oh, wait. Yeah. anyway oh to reiterate they're asking about my d because if for anyone who knows dion sanders gives out d and l's right and, for d and l for leader d for dogs five and zero in fantasy this week uh richard uh, amongst different platforms and both cfl and nfl that's why dog and dion coach prime is here man i'm making the playoffs every league and yahoo can shove it no oh and 15 for me man oh boy um
1: but coach I mean, Phil hey, I, I was predicted to be 50 to one. I'm owing two. So
2: I'll do my coach, uh Coach Phil rant, but at Yahoo. Like looking here, Yahoo. You don't know nothing about the flex offenders, boy. Let's go. <laughs>
0: yeah, can we just like like we, we did our NFL fantasy draft with with members of our Discord community before the season started, and you know we used the Yahoo platform and it just auto-generate your draft recap thanks, chat GPT. Uh and I don't think I've ever seen this before where Trey was predicted to go 0 15 on the season despite picking a decent roster although I saw this week you dropped your boy Dalton Kincaid what happened to that fourth round pick man
2: He just wasn't he just didn't fit into the plans anymore but you know it might you know basically the free agency pool is just a giant P- uh, practice roster that I can choose from at any time so
0: Oh yeah well if we're the only ones bidding on it then we got free reign right exactly
1: and let's face it again mine went the the uh what do you call it? chat P, G, uh, cpt or gpt whatever it's called there uh they went and said i was gonna be 14 and one so i'm waiting
2: <laughs> i've never had such a bad record given to me from that yahoo oh and 15 like and i'm on the verge of going three and oh baby because Ryan doesn't even have a defense, so let's go. Yeah,
0: just wait. I don't need one. I don't even need one to beat you there. Giving you more of a chance. Uh, All right, let's wrap this show up uh, here. Uh, We'll be back again next week, same time, same place, with our Week 17 preview. We'll do all the same fun things uh, that we've done tonight. Let us know uh whether it's in the youtube comments on social media or etc what do you like whether you like this format or the other format doing fantasy at the end or with the individual games we're just you know late in the season we're trying things out to figure out what we uh what we want to do coming into next year as well so uh we appreciate any feedback there uh now in order to give us that social media feedback i guess it would be helpful to know where you can find us on social media. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter or X at CF countdown pod is podcast uh, handled there. I am on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. Look forward to another statistic update on the Lions Elks series uh, after this week's uh, game. Uh, you can find Mike on there at Mike Garrell as well. I think he's talking about potentially coming back next week uh, and we'll catch up with him then. Uh, on Facebook, you can find the podcast, facebook.com slash CF countdown pod. Uh, and where can people find everything you guys are up to currently? Uh, let's start with you, Trey. Uh, besides muting your microphone, what are you up to? Can I do
2: that again? Okay. My, my, my mic stand fell off my desk. So I was was trying to fix that. So I must've muted it by accident. Okay. We're good. If you want to follow the greatest fantasy football player of all time, and, and you know, and have a good time doing it, and see some horse racing stuff at Trey Harness Link on the X, and hell, I might even pay for it when you know when we get to that, because so you can keep getting my uh getting my fantastic insights, Adam. Buddy, you should have put that shirtless photo on your Instagram. I didn't <laughs> see that. So where can
1: people find you? <laughs> I, I I I have the no words. Anyways, um. No, uh, you know what? I just can't wait for some more Big Mike energy to show up next week and uh, keep Trey under control. But you can find me at AdamSteward1. Uh, yeah, we've got some harvest photos there from before. Uh, doing a little bit of extra little things in after that, and uh, big game actually uh, for the uh, local high school football team here next weekend on the Friday night, or sorry, Saturday night. Uh, they got Moose Jaw coming into town. So it's the Saturday Night Lights game. should be fun. Uh, I know the uh, uh, place that I work is involved with that one, so uh, they wanted me to make sure I mentioned it. Uh, should be a fun game. So if you're out in the uh, East Central Saskatchewan area, uh, be sure to check that uh, game out if you get a chance. Uh, but, yeah, you can find me at AdamSeward1. And, uh, yeah, everything else I do is maybe on Instagram once in a while, at Farmer in Sask. Except for a shirtless photo. Nobody wants to see that
0: sounds good and uh you can also catch up on what adam's got going on with farming stuff what trey's got going on with harness racing stuff and what we've got going on with cfl and other stuff uh in our discord community so check the link in the uh the episode description to join that for free as well whatever podcast platform you're listening on we appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like comment subscribe rate review share the show with your friends help us grow the show we always appreciate that uh on behalf of our panel here this evening trey and adam i'm rising thank you for listening take care have a good one bye